And that's the part of coffee shops that I think is the best part of coffee shops. Fill in the beverage, right? But it's, why did friends meet in a coffee shop? Because it was community. Hey y'all, welcome to the Nuga Bell podcast, all about stories of the South, straight from the sources. I'm your host, Kate Robertson, and I'm based in the scenic city of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Join me and my guests as we talk about all things Chattanooga, life in the South, and beyond. Now pour yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of sweet tea and join us. We're so glad you're here. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Nuga Bell podcast. I'm super excited to be here with Justin Carner. You may know him as the Nuga Foodie on Instagram, and he's also the mastermind behind Velvet Robot Cold Brew Coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited to hear about cold brew. Covered in it all the time. <laughs> Not a bad thing to be covered in. No, someone's like, you smell like coffee. I'm like, I'll take it as a compliment. Could be worse. <laughs> Could be much worse. Um, so you are originally from the Chicago area. Mm-hmm. How did you end up in Chattanooga from Chicago? Yeah, so it's kind of a weird, simple story. So basically, my girlfriend was free- freezing to death and wanted to change in scenery, and so we kind of wanted somewhere that was not. Miami. I lived there for 10 years too and no seasons. You know, it's just hot and then hotter and then hot again. Uh, So this is kind of the area. We did a little tour of Asheville, Knoxville here. We were going to go to Greenville um, and we just kind of fell in love with Chattanooga on our little weekend here. It rained the whole time, uh, but as we went other places, we just kept wishing we were here. Yeah. Yeah, so it's and now we're paying for it because it's 95 and almost October. Yep. (laughs) Definitely not cold. There's the joke going around Facebook that's just like, it's September. You know what that means? Nothing. It's still 90 degrees outside. (laughs) Every time I walk out, I'm just like, oh, God, you're still hot. (laughs) But it's supposed to be 80 Sundays, so that's going to be like, get the chili out, light the fall candle, and let's (laughs) pray to the fall gods that the temperatures drop. A friend of mine uh, sent me the weather forecast for next week, and it was supposed to be like mid-70s, and I was like, I can wear jeans again! Yeah, I've made the mistake a few days where I was like, man, I really want to just wear pants, you know? Not a crazy request, but then I wear them, and about an hour in, I'm like, bad choice. (laughs) I should have worn pants today. I did the same thing earlier this week. So, you've been in the food and beverage industry for quite a while. How did you get into that? Yeah, I mean, it kind of feels like my whole life. Uh, My dad was a chef and restaurant manager, and then later on, restaurant owner. So some of the earliest memories I have is sitting in a booth, listening to Vanilla Ice, eating popcorn shrimp as my dad's in the kitchen, you know, cooking somewhere. And uh, then as we grew up, he would always kind of do caterings, and so I'd help him, and he would teach me little things here and there. And then when uh, later on, when they got the restaurant, that's when it kind of just happened. I mean, I, because of him, I was in different food service jobs, but then one day my mom was like, hey, your dad's sick, and we had just opened, you know, and so she's like, can you come cover a lunch shift? And up to that time, we had done maybe five covers a day for lunch, brand new. No one knew we were there. And then that lunch shift was tickets all day long. Yeah, that menu I barely knew. So. There's always one. <laughs> yeah, you learn by the fire sometimes. And so, yeah, so that's kind of been that. And then... What kind of restaurant did he own? So they owned an American restaurant. I mean, I know that sounds pretty cliche. I would say they major in uh, special seafood. We get some fresh seafood flown in, which in the middle of Illinois, like, that's pretty rough. <laughs> to do. Um, and then 
it was pretty basic, but it was all comforty. It was wings and really good burgers and all executed really well. Um, but then, like, when we would do specials, he would kind of use this flair. Oh, okay. Uh, so he tried to just keep the menu right and then, you know, get really kind of creative when it came to specials. Interesting. But, yeah. Um, so coming from Chicago, the foods, or the Chicago area, I'll say, how far was your hometown from Chicago? My hometown is Rockford, Illinois, which is about 90 minutes outside of Chicago. Okay, so um, not quite as close as I thought. No, but I've also lived in the city for a season of life, too, so, uh, and they just kind of fixed the road, so it's a little bit shorter, and then it's kind of like the Chattanooga, Atlanta myth, that there's going to one day be a train. We've always heard that in Rockford, there's, like, there's going to be a train to Chicago, and it never comes. Yeah. So, <laughs> I just don't want to drive to Atlanta ever again. Like, we need an Ikea somewhere closer. Yeah. I grew up reason. in Atlanta, so it doesn't really bother me or scare me all that much. But the longer I live here, the more I'm just like, no. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's the thing, right? Like, Chattanooga is almost like this, even in the two years that I've lived here, it's like this little secret, kind of. But then as, like, Moon River happens and, like, these other events and we get a national soccer game and, like these things are all happening, it's kind of like just peeling back that layer. You know? mm -hmm. One of the things that we saw that brought it, well, one of the things that caught my attention was a Thrillist article that said places all the cool kids are moving to. And Chattanooga was on that list. And they were like, Chattanooga might be getting a Thrillist. And I, being from Chicago where Thrillist is pretty influential, I thought, man, if, if they're going to get a Thrillist, this is probably a place that you're going to want to live soon. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, Chattanooga is starting to pop up in a lot of articles like that that are like hidden gems and best weekend. Yeah, best yeah. weekend trips, and I'm just like, well, if we keep talking about it, it's not going to be a hidden gem anymore. Well, that's the thing, you know. When we went to Asheville, we thought we were going to love it. Everything you look up on YouTube and all the research you can do, you're like, this is going to be the best city. And then we get to Asheville, and it's everything's crowded, and there's a line at every single coffee shop. And for me, it was like I'm not going to trade the conveniences of Chicago to just inherit the inconveniences too. So. Yeah, just, and I think that's maybe where we're headed. Um, just real busy and packed out, which is good and bad, right? Mm -hmm. So Good for tourism. Annoying for the rest of us. Yeah. But and for us locals who just want a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> for real. Yeah. I went to Asheville a couple of times this summer, and there were things I liked a lot yeah. about it, but there were other things that I was just like, okay, I'm ready to not. <laughs> yeah, and that's and my takeaway from there was this is a crazy cool place to be for a couple of days, but it's not a place that I'm going to want to be long term there was nothing there that was like this is why i have to come here mm -hmm. so that's kind of how i feel about nashville oh yeah i i i'm maybe on the outside bubble but i have no idea why people move to nashville i mean the food right is is really good mm -hmm. um and i guess if you love country music but when you really look at activities we have usually more stuff happening on a given weekend than nashville does and it's about a third cheaper to live so. Well, that in Nashville is just, from what I can tell, just the same thing over and over yeah. again. Yeah. And it's like, do you really want to be the local that's just like, oh, another bachelorette or <laughs> straws and all these things, and then, oh, another bachelor party, and anywhere you go, you know, I've been a few times now, and every time I go, I'm like, get me out of here. Me too. Oh my gosh. I went last summer for a soccer game, and then to visit a friend for a day, and it was just one of those things that I was like, the sooner I get here, the sooner I can get out. Yeah. <laughs> Because it seems like, at least in Chicago, you know where all the tourists are going to go. Navy Pier, I mean, there's kind of like those highlighted areas, but it's really your neighborhoods that are mm -hmm. kind of the heart and soul of the city, and even the heart and soul of the food scene there. But in Nashville, it feels like everywhere that you're going to want to go is where everyone else is also going to want to go. And it, it's growing, and it's changing, but it just feels like, yeah, everything is just so congested and overpriced and nuts. Mm -hmm. so. so I've never actually been to Chicago. That's so a you shame. 
I, I try to stay out of the north. I lived in Pennsylvania for a little while, okay. and I vowed that I would never go above the Mason-Dixon line ever again. But I have known so many people who have lived in Chicago, visited there, and they just have nothing but great things to say about it. So I'm kind of thinking that, like, it might actually be time for me to go to Chicago. So you mentioned tourists going places, like, you yeah. know where they're going to go. What are some places that you would recommend that aren't saturated with tourists? So I, you know, I've talked to a lot of people about this, because now that people in this area know I'm from there, they're like, oh, hey, I'm going this weekend, where should I go? And so I always write these little lists for people. And um, my favorite restaurant in the whole city is called RPM Steak. It's the best dining experience I've ever had. It's the best steak I've ever had. They have bone marrow shallot butter that comes with it, and it's then they serve it to you all fancy, but then at the end you get cotton candy. So it definitely, <laughs> like, the, the grandfather millennial in me uh, definitely appeals to all my things, and they just they keep a, a literal record of you. So I had the same server for about four times, and then I came one time and he wasn't there. And the, the guy who was my server was like, hey, how's your job going at blank? And I was like, how do you know this? <laughs> uh, and, and it's just amazing, and it's just such a good dining experience. But let us entertain you. There's a restaurant group there, and they get it, and they get it right, and they know how to make sure you feel like hospitality right when you walk in the door. Um, but besides that, that is literally my only place that's kind of like in downtown. Everywhere else, there's usually a kid under the counter that's working or on an iPad. Um, it's all really like ethnic. Like my favorite Mexican food in town, I can't even tell you the name of it. I can tell you where it is. I cannot read it. It's a Mexican grocery store. The menu is in um, Spanish. I can't talk what they say. I point at what I know, and it's amazing. And they're rude to me, but I will take it every time. <laughs> <laughs> I've had experiences like that where menus are just in a completely different, like 210 Jack, for example. Yeah. I have to Google the menu every single time I go. Yeah, Google Translate is awesome. Now, I don't know <laughs> if you, like, you can literally look at the menu on your phone and it'll translate real time to English. Um, but you still have to point because I still don't know how to tell them what that is. But I could say, you know, I can count to 10. So that usually gets me through. Um, but then, you know, like one of the biggest things I think that's missing in Chattanooga is like, and that. I don't want to say elevated, because that's not the proper term. I would say executed well um, Asian food. Yes, could not agree more. No, it, it's so sad that, like, there's really nowhere to go. And 210 Jack's fine, but we know what it is. Mm -hmm. It's not authentic, and it's very much geared towards higher-end, like, food. But we want, like, a pho meal that's awesome, and that has bone marrow grossness in it that I don't know what it is, but I know it tastes amazing. Um, and so in Chicago, there's a place called Tank Noodle on the north side, it's not Chinatown, it's kind of like the north side of Chinatown, um, and it's amazing. And it's like $6, and it's oh, wow. this huge bowl. Uh, and then right across the street is like the best bami sandwich. It's like one of the top sandwiches in the whole city, for sure the best bami sandwich in the whole city. And it's like right a block away. Uh, and again, that's like $5. So that's the thing too is Chicago people think, oh, it's so crazy, and it's expensive. It is expensive to live, but you can eat a smorgasbord of food for really nothing. If you know where to go. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, you kind of pick that up after a little while, too, of kind of like like everyone, all the tourists go to the pizza places that none of the locals go to. <laughs> so that's like, it's a little deceiving. Somehow that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> um, I had something else about Chicago that I was going to ask. Well, you have to go. I think that's the first. Yeah. Um, I want to run food tours from Chattanooga, like almost... Like little secrets, I have a big passenger van. We'll just load everyone up and just take you through a little day of eating in Chicago. That last, would be fun. Last time I was home for six days, and I gained 11 pounds. 
<laughs> so if that tells you how much cheese I ingested, it's pretty bad. So much cheese. Yes, yeah, so everything in there. Is, like, if you remember the old, like, 90s SNL sketches about the guy eating, that is real. It's still that <laughs> same way. You know, you'll be at a Chinese place, they're like, can we get you a sausage? Interesting. And it's real. That's not a joke. It's, they have, like, these combo cuisines where it's, like, German and Chinese or Mexican and Italian. And it's awesome because you can get it all delivered. So when it's negative 10, they'll bring you anything you want. <laughs> Don't have to leave the no, apartment. That's, no. That's my game in the winter. <laughs> all right. We're going to play with my jar now. Okay. If you've been listening to the Nougabelle podcast, you know what the jar is. But for new listeners, it is my little mason jar filled with colorful pieces of paper with questions and icebreakers and fun little things to talk about. So we'll each draw a few and then we can talk about each other's. Yeah. So I'll go first. Let's go for this green one. The one food I just can't stomach is... I have a lot. I'm really picky. Oh. But off the top of my head, raw tomatoes, Okay. okra, and almost any type of seafood except calamari. Fried or grilled? Fried. Okay. <laughs> I tell people I don't like seafood and they look at me like I have three heads. But not, I mean, that's, that's pretty common. Like, none of those are offensive. If you were like, I don't like cake, <laughs> people would be like, wait, hold on. Is this person a real person? Uh, mine is, it, it's, it's, I guess it's a seasoning more than a food, but, and I get really dirty looks. Cilantro. Are you allergic? Uh, no, I just think it tastes disgusting. <laughs> uh, I mean, but it's hard because the chef in me knows what it should go in, mm -hmm. so I still put it in. Uh, and even sometimes I'll catch myself when I'm eating like a bowl of pho, like I'll still put the cilantro in just cause I know how it should taste or salsa or guacamole. Like those things need to have that. And I, there's just part of me that's like, Oh, every time besides that, there's really nothing else. And cilantro is one of those that it's really easy to go overboard on. Oh yeah. I mean, that's the thing because they sell it in those bundles for 50 cents. So people think like, I'm going to put all of this in my whatever and then it gets so overpowered you're like wow i'm just chewing salon and you get it in your teeth and it's all that's a mistake you only make once oh gosh <laughs> never you know and not to offend the southern listener but i'm also not a huge fan of grits um i'm not from here so i didn't grow up on it but uh every time i eat it i'm like something it tastes like something but i don't know what it is mm -hmm. um so, not that I haven't had good grits. Like, Food Works, I don't know if you've had their grits. Mm -hmm. I love their grits. They're, they do it very well. Uh, they do it perfectly. And their little molds and deliciousness. But, yeah, a lot of times they grits, and I'm like, oh. Uh, oh, St. John's. We just went there last week. Their grits were awesome. Mm -hmm. Mars up, I think. But, mm -hmm. yeah. So, fun story about grits. I'm born and raised in the South. Uh, grew up eating grits. My parents make them all the time. Both sets of my grandparents. The first time we lived in Atlanta... The two girls that lived down the street for me that I was friends with, they had, I say just, but they had recently moved to the area from, I want to say Wisconsin. Some, I can't remember if it, was, if it was Wisconsin or Michigan, but it was one of those two up there. And basically Canada. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, but they had never had grits. Yeah. So one time they spent the night... And in the morning, my dad made us grits and scrambled eggs. Oh. They had no idea what to do with their grits. And I'm sitting there, like, eating it up. And they're just kind of like, slop. Is this slop. <laughs> they're does like, it look what like oatmeal? <laughs> kind of does. Yeah. But every time I hear someone say that they don't, like, get grits, I always think of them. 
Well, and I think, too, like, you know, there's the big debate of, like, sweet or savory for grits. Oh, my goodness. Don't even get me started. You know, and so I think that's where it kind of draws line. Because, and when, also, I've lived, so I've lived in California, Florida, Kentucky, Ohio. You know, I've lived in a lot of places. And so living in a lot of places really gives you insight of geographically has a huge impact on your food choice. Like, I love these chips. I almost got a tattoo of these chips from my hometown. And so I brought them back one time and was so excited for my friends to try them. And then they all gave me this look like, these taste like cardboard. And I was like, oh, I like these because I grew up on them, but no one else in the what world What kind of does. chips are they? Uh, they're called Mrs. Fisher's. So they're uh, Rockford only, Rockford, Illinois. Um, yeah, I remember even when we lived in Florida, we see a bag shipped down to us. And it was just this craving and nostalgia. Uh, so yeah, I think sometimes that is a heavy presence in what we like in food. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do I like Subway cold cut combo? Why know why? I think it's because it tastes the same from when I was like seven. <laughs> like it yep. tastes exactly the same. Like very few things in life are the same from when we're seven. Cold cut combo and a McRib might be the only two things. Yep. So, <laughs> I could agree with that. Yeah. And Chick Fil A. See, we didn't. Again, living in the North, we didn't have Chick Fil A until probably a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote them a few times for my visits. I love Chick-fil-A and Zaxby's. And uh, yeah, they were like, we're, we're trying to make our way. We're trying to come up there. And I was like, soon. <laughs> come on. Soon, chicken gods. <laughs> All right, pick one. All right, I'm going to go with pink. Go for it. And these are not color-coded. Okay. My go-to karaoke song is... So I, I haven't done karaoke in a while, but I used to do this um, David Lee Roth song. Ooh, okay. Uh, and I don't. I think I saw someone do it once, and they and I basically copy a person. So I saw this person, and they did this song once, and the chorus is like, "I ain't got nobody." And he's just talking about how like sad and lonely, and he has the one. This guy had a beer in his hand, and I just remember like dying watching this guy. Just, obviously, not he wasn't performing; he was just actually drunk. Um, so then when I would do this song, I would pretend, or sometimes maybe be semi-intoxicated, to, but always put on that little bit of theatrics to it. So Nice. Yeah, that's my go-to. I don't karaoke a lot. Uh, I'm more, I love to just observe. Me too. You know, go to Big Chill and just watch people. Because there's always that one person who's like, you know, they practiced, and then they are horrible. Yep. And you just want to laugh, but then a party is like, cheer. Cheer for them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of the same way. I don't do karaoke very often either, but my go-to is Ocean Avenue by Yellow Card. Okay. I've done Real Big Fish karaoke before, and I've done Justin Bieber karaoke. Both of those took a little bit of pushing, but if I'm doing it by my own accord, I'm doing Ocean Avenue. And you gotta, that's kind of a spectrum there. I mean, you kind of go from a little bit of everything. I always want to learn, like I think, but I feel like it's cheating. I always want to get that song down, like. Will Smith or something. So you just, you know, it's you only do one, but you do it so well every time and you just drop the mic. And that's all you need. Yeah. So, but I have not done that yet. I have not either. We're just not good karaoke. No. That's fine. That's fine with me. I am glad to let someone else have that talent. (laughs) (laughs) Takes all kinds. All right. I'm going to go for a blue one here. Okay. I've answered this one 50,000 times, so I'm just going to pose it to you. My ideal meat and three plate. So this is actually a confusing question to me. Because okay. I don't really still understand that. Um, we don't have those up north. But what I think they are, I've been to maybe I think some. Is bees a meat and three? I would the, consider it. I mean, I know it's a meat and like 20 and then, you know, whatever you want. 
Uh, it's a meat and then three sides, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think I can piece this together. Um, meat would be pot roast. Okay. Um, that's unacceptable. Oh, yeah. Because I've had pot roast in a situation like this. Uh, I'm always a sucker for anything with cheese. So usually like a hash brown cheesy casserole. Ooh, yum. I'll usually try to eat something green. That way I feel like I'm doing good for myself. <laughs> like, you know, this casserole is 2,000 calories, but I had a handful of green beans, so I'm <laughs> totally okay. Uh, and then the last one's usually kind of like a toss-up. I love mashed potatoes and gravy. I wish I could say mac and cheese, but I've been let down too many times. Aww. So I love a good mac and cheese, but for whatever reason down here, I feel like it's a little dry most times. Yeah. So. I make mac and cheese myself. Yeah, same. You know, and the nice thing about mashed potatoes is, because I'm one of those people, too, there's two different types of people. You eat things and keep them separate, and you love those trays we used to get at lunch, mm -hmm. or you just like to just pound it together. So, yeah, that's what's nice about that is you take mashed potatoes, you mix it with your pot roast, you just pile it on together. Yeah, so that would probably be my favorite. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And I'll say my meat and three just in case. Pulled pork barbecue, mac and cheese, stewed apples, and... Hush puppies or cornbread. Oh, okay. Yeah, I do love a good hush puppy, that is honest. Again, with the cornbread, that's one of the things that sinks when you grow up with a chef uh, and you are one yourself, is when you go out somewhere, you, you can make it better. Mm -hmm. So I make a killer cornbread um, with candied corn. Not candy corn. Mm -hmm. I take whole corn, or corn and I candy it in a pan and then add that to my cornbread. So oh. as you get that kind of salty cornbread, once in a while you get these little sweet, almost like a chocolate chip, but a corn. Interesting. Um, little burst of sweetness, yeah. So anytime I go out, it's like, I want the cornbread, but I want my cornbread. So <laughs> I'm just a little let down. Fair enough. All right, go ahead. I will not go pink this time. I will choose a green. I think it's green. My favorite hike in Nougat is... Oh. The, the, one of the cool things about Chattanooga, so if you're listening to this and you're thinking about moving here, if you've been here a little bit, is the layers, you know, and so for me, it's really cool to kind of always find new places. I mean, I lived here two years and pretty out, outdoorsy and go out a lot, but I just kind of found Suck Creek this year, this summer, and I love it. And so now, like, we just had friends in town from Pittsburgh. We took them and the kids to Suck Creek. Um, I like it because you can kind of be a lazy hiker. <laughs> you just want to kind of, like, float in water, but then you can also just kind of climb and really get yourself going and work your way up, but um, probably Rainbow Lake for me is the best. Now, last time I was there, I had an encounter with a snake. Uh, it's still my favorite. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there was a big snake that was out there. And, you know, sometimes there's a lot of people out there. But yeah, I, I like Rainbow Lake because there's parking, which is key. You're not going to get your stuff stolen there versus some of the other places in Chattanooga. Um, and then it's a not a challenging hike, but you can make it a challenging hike. And then once you're hot and all gross, you can just jump in the water. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, that'd probably be it. We just went to Lulu Lake for the first time. I still so, haven't been there yet. So the hike is not good. The hike is basically you're walking on gravel for two miles, but a breathtaking view. Um, 97 stairs, though. Oh, okay. Down to the waterfall, and then 97 stairs up. So uh. it's that, that part. But again, you know, if you're looking for a little bit of a challenge, I think the stairs are definitely a challenge. And the, the view is breathtaking. Awesome. So. That's one thing I still need to check off my Chattanooga bucket list. Yeah. But well, they're not open all the time, too. So, like, mm -hmm. we've had a lot of times where we're like, let's go here. And then we're like, oh, it's the second 
weekend of the month. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and then Foster Falls is I want to go to next. I don't know if you've been there. I've been there several times. Yeah, that's, that's on gorgeous. the next. Yes, it looks. All the pictures. Like, what did people do before? They could not look on Instagram and just find, <laughs> like, where they were going to go. But, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's not the next cross-off. Foster Falls, I think, was the first one I did. Mm. And it was a really good one to start. Because it's kind of, like you were saying, you can make it challenging if you want to. But if you don't want anything super challenging, there's a different route you can take that's not super terrible. Yeah, and, you know, the cool part, too, I, I live in St. Elmo. And even from there, like, you can walk out your front door and go on a hike to a waterfall. Glen Falls is there. Mm-hmm. By the time I went, it was a three-hour hike and got lost and ran out of water. Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, that's what's cool is there's so many places in Chattanooga, no matter where you really live, you're close to something outdoors. And I think that's a separator from here versus, like, a Knoxville or a Nashville. Or even Asheville. Asheville, you got to drive 45 minutes to really get into the mountains before you can find what we can find in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I think we're pretty lucky here with that yeah that i just moved uh to red bank this side of town from east brainerd about a month and a half ago i never went hiking or very rarely went hiking when i lived on that side of town even though i love it because i was so far and now that i'm on this side of town i'm 10 minutes from suck creek i'm 10 minutes from stringer's ridge 10 minutes from everything else and i'm like i want to go all the time (laughs) yeah i think that's kind of like you know metaphor for chattanooga you know, for where, where I'm at in St. Elmo, it's 10 minutes to downtown and 10 minutes I'm on a mountain. Mm-hmm. And so for me, as a, as my core personality, like, I love that. Like, I want to be, go to St. John's and have a nice meal, but then I also just want to go and wear ugly shoes and go hiking and jump in a creek and, you know, maybe get bit by a snake. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully um, not a venomous one. But yeah, and that's what I think Chattanooga offers you. There's not a lot of places, you know, like, I could say Chicago is amazing because all of these metropolitan things that are just super built-in infrastructure, but you can't go hiking. You know, you're, you're not going to do any of that stuff versus Chattanooga. You can get a little piece of a lot of different pies that equal a pretty good living experience. Mm-hmm. So, My favorite hike, I love Edwards Point um, up on Signal Mountain. Mm-hmm. If you haven't done that one yet, it's pretty good. And I just recently did uh, Sunset Rock okay. over on Lookout. And I went early to mid-afternoon, so I didn't get, like, the sunset or sunrise view, so that's next. I want to go when it's actually sunset, so I can get that full experience, but I did enjoy the hike. Yeah, and there's those crazy people that are up there posting Instagrams at 5 in the morning. They're yeah, like, I'm not. an early hike today, and it's like, ooh, hope it's, hope it's worth it for Yeah. <laughs> there's a thing called a sunset that's just the reverse. It yep. looks just as nice. Exactly. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, here. I don't know how you feel you living some other places and coming back. I feel like Chattanooga always has a beautiful sunset. You know, I mean, no fil- hashtag no filter, but you really... But really. really no filter. It's just so beautiful here most nights. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's the pollution. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think it's all gases right in the air, and we're like, oh, look how beautiful you are. Yeah. And they're just like, no. All right, let's do one more each. Okay. Let's see. I have not done a pink one yet. Fair enough. Get this one down here. What do you miss most about your hometown? So I don't have what I would call a hometown because I moved so much growing up. I'm originally from North Carolina, grew up in Atlanta, moved back and forth between Atlanta and Philly a bunch, and then went to college in Virginia, grad school back in North Carolina, and then I moved here. Oh, man. (laughs) We'll say North Carolina as my hometown, air quotes here. Um, I mean, all my family's there. 
and I just really love, like, being close to my family, and I miss having them close by, and I also really miss North Carolina-style barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, like, a silly thing to miss, but... Which is a little vinegary, right? North so there are two styles. Okay. Vinegar is one of them. That's the Eastern style. And then the Lexington style is the sweeter, smokier, um, kind of thicker... That's what I like. ...tomato-based. What about you? Well, I think I want, I mean, I feel obligated to say food, mm -hmm. uh, but realistically, the food's good, but the people you share with is a little bit more important. So for me, I have some friends there. You know, I'm an only child, so I don't have brothers or sisters, and um, I have a group of friends back home that are like brothers to me, um, and even my best friend, we've had that talk where we're like, we're brothers now, you know, and we've, and so just, you know, you can move to a new town, and you can, it can be beautiful at Chattanooga, but Friends and family, those are those things that, like, there's no replacing. You know, like, I can't find a grandma here. No. Um, and I can't find, well, I mean, I guess I could find a best friend and things like that. But, yeah, it's the people, really, and eating with them, mostly. Because, <laughs> you know, where we're from, there's really not much to do. So you just go get pizza. That's, <laughs> that's you know, that's good activity for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so just the people, food. Uh, snow, weirdly. Um, missing it a little bit. Last year we got half an inch here, and I was like, Man, I wish it would just snow. Like <laughs> just one. I see those kids sledding with paper boxes, and I'm like, it could be so much better. <laughs> like real snow, please come. Yeah. Um, and not 93 blizzard snow. Cause no. We don't want that. But yeah, just like a little bit of snow would be nice. Um, and then back home this time of year, there's an apple orchard. It's mm. called Edwards Apple Orchard, and uh, they must make a million dollars a season selling donuts and oh, man. it's an experience you go there's a petting zoo and they have a baked potato tent and i mean it's picturesque and it's beautiful there but yeah these donuts are i'll, I'll bring some back i'm going in a couple weeks but they people line up and it's and then they have a fudge counter and they have cheese curds i mean it just, oh i love cheese curds. yes it's all of that stuff and you like there's samples everywhere so by the time you leave you're like I just spent two hundred dollars on candy and donuts, and I'm full <laughs> from all the samples. But yeah, so like, I ain't mad. <laughs> no, so going home that'll be like one of the biggest things I look for. I love awesome. doing that every year. I never pick apples. I know people do that, but I, I just want to eat the donuts. <laughs> you know, pick the apples, I'll eat the donuts. Like, yeah, finish this off. Oh yeah, I will go blue then. So if we're going all the, I need colors. some new colors here. All right. A piece of wisdom I always keep with me is, it's a tougher question than the other two. Uh, well, I like to throw curveballs in there. No, yeah. I think you knew I was going to pick that one. <laughs> um, no, I, I think for me, long story short, basically, like, my upbringing was insane. And I used to be rough. And drugs and all kinds of, you name it, I, I was there. Uh, and then I became a Christian and my life changed a little bit and I was like super zealous when I first I was like I'm gonna read the whole Bible tonight <laughs> uh, and but I had no guidance or no knowledge or anything and so I'm this like little chubby ginger kid on a retreat and reading my Bible for the first time uh, and I remember I read Proverbs which thank God right I didn't start off in something Song of Songs or Deuteronomy or something horrible and uh, Proverbs 69 says in a man's heart he plans his course but it's the Lord that determines his steps and I always try to remember that because I think we get so bought into ideas and we get so sold on like what we want to do or all of those types of things. And uh, I think once in a while it's good to sit back and be like, all right, is this part of what's bigger? Is, you know, 
is this really worth being upset about when there's a bigger plan here? Um, and so that verse has always been something that kind of grounds me a little bit and that I remember. I like that one. Yeah. Um, this isn't really like an exact word of wisdom, but uh, in all my moving and packing and cleaning things out, I found this little button. I don't know where I got it, but one of those little <laughs> pins you put on yeah. your backpack. And it just, I found it at the exact right time because my anxiety was like up here and I was just freaking out about everything in my life. And the little button just says, everything is okay. Yeah. And I was just like, man, where have you been the last six months? And it is now sitting on my dresser and I look at it every morning when I go and I get my watch to put it on. And it's just like a nice little thing to see first thing in the morning that I'm just like, everything's okay. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes and it's those simple little things that, like, when you're in those moments that really help get you through or keep you calm or, you know, that's like, I sometimes, you know, Motion City Soundtrack, the band, yep. are you familiar? Mm -hmm. That everything is all right. So once in a while, like, when I'm, like, taking a test at school or, like, something, I'm like, everything is all right. <laughs> like, it might not be, but that little song, that little riff of melody kind of mm -hmm. gets me through that moment, so. Similarly, I was talking about Yellow Card earlier. Believe. Be strong, believe. Yeah. Those songs always get, I mean, I, I know, right, we're, we're the generation living in the past, kind of, but, yeah, like, I was trying to, at work, I sing in Story of the Year, Sidewalks. Nice. And the 19-year-old cook with the me, he was like, I don't know, man. I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> or just sing Will Uzi Vert or whatever you want to listen to. <laughs> Kanye uh, or yeah. whatever. Well, Kanye's a Chicago legend. So oh, okay. Just be careful. Okay. <laughs> and he's moving back. That's the new news. So. Oh, Yep, he uh, did, Chance the Rapper did a high school concert, he does those once in a while mm -hmm. in Chicago, and brought out Kanye. Oh, wow. And he kind of said he's getting back to his roots and coming back to Chicago, so. Interesting. Yeah, that's big for us, because yeah. new Kanye is different than old Kanye, so. Very different. We don't know which one we're getting. So. <laughs> that's kind of how it is with Kanye wherever he goes. <laughs> it's, it's a lottery. Yeah. All right, that was fun. Yeah. Thanks for playing along. No problem. I'm going to get some new colors here next. I feel like I need some fall colors. Oh, there you go. Are there any ones that you write down in there that you're like, I can't wait to answer this one? A couple. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I get those. Or sometimes you just read them like you did. Yes. Like, we don't know. We don't know <laughs> sitting in this or listening. We don't know if they're the right ones. No, that's true. Um, anyway, so one of the things that you have embarked on in the last... I don't know, year-ish, I would say, probably, mm -hmm. is a cold brew coffee business. Yeah. How did you, A, end up doing that, and B, how did you decide on cold brew specifically? So I think anytime, you know, whether it's baking or art or any of those things, like if you do something well, don't do it for free. Um, and just kind of through working at different coffee shops, that was something that I just kind of had a knack for. And the cool thing about coffee is having a chef background because uh, you look at it a little different. You look at how flavors interwine a little differently. Um, and so, yeah, I just remember I opened uh, Pete's in Chicago on Michigan Avenue, and they had a really good cold brew. And they had a different style to do it than I was used to. And, um, and I just remember being like the closing manager and kind of downtown Chicago after five instead and just kind of messing around making different cold brews. And even... Then once I moved here um, at Greyfriars, I was the GM when I moved here at Greyfriars, we had a lot of downtime, and so we had a lot of really good coffee. And so I was like, I'm going to make every single coffee we make into cold brew. 
Um, and then kind of this one coffee that we shall not name because it is a secret. Oh. Hell, yeah, we never, we don't, when people ask, we don't say. We just say an organic African coffee. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so I remember I made it and I was like, wow. You know, I mean, if you've ever messed around in your kitchen and you throw in some stuff and you're like, wow, this is really good. How did I do this now? Let me and then you back. have to go yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. And it stood out, and then I had some people try it that, like, are in the community that are, like, really, I trust their opinion, and they're like, wow, this is really, really good. Um, so I think from there, I just was kind of like, all right, this is something I want to do, and then we got approached to do the Scenic City Supper Club, and we did some cool brew for that, and yeah, it was just one of those things where people just were loving it. Um, and then for me, I kind of had this base, and so then I was like, let's get crazy, let's do weird stuff, and I remember... Uh, before Odd Story opened, I was meeting with them about making them a specific roast for their brewery. For okay. People who want to get a coffee. And Jay, the brewer, was like, did you ever, you ever add malt to cold brew? Or to coffee? I said, no, I don't, I don't think we have. Like, Kind of like, you're an insane person. <laughs> uh, so we tried it, and we tried it hot, and it didn't work right. It didn't taste well. But I was like, man, you know what? Let me throw this into some cold brew and just kind of see what we come up with. And we did. And right away, we were both like, wow. Again, kind of lightning struck. I'm like, this is really good. And the best of my knowledge, no one had ever put malt in a cold brew. Mm, okay. And then we came up with a little clever name, Dark Side of the Malt. <laughs> and that was kind of, that was when it was really like, okay, this is maybe something. Because we bottled it. We had a cool name. People were really starting to pick up on it, really like it. Uh, Odd Story in a few places were selling it. And it was a nice non-alcoholic alternative for people. Because it looked like a beer. It was in a beer bottle, had a cool label. Uh, and so it just kind of started to take off. And then as we were, um, like every Chattanooga, the 20,000 people that come every Sunday, then I kind of started thinking, like, all right, we should do the market. I think, you know, we could definitely do well here. And then, yeah, so we got the opportunity this year to do the market, and it's been awesome for us. And, uh, yeah, that chef background, we make weird drinks. So, we've you know, we've done the malt infusion. I did a sriracha hop lemongrass infusion. Oh, wow. Um, we've done a lot of different things. And so for us, and even now, like this Sunday, our – drink or last Sunday whenever this airs uh we're doing a French toast cold brew Ooh! so it's I had you also cinnamon roll one recently oh yeah yeah and that's the thing we have no I think the problem with coffee today is we get in this third wave where it's all white walls we don't even have vanilla syrup you can get four things and that's all that you get the problem with that is that doesn't work because not everybody wants those four things and my thing with coffee has always been I remember again a, a biblical term or, or <laughs> reference but I asked my pastor once, I was like, what Bible is the right Bible? He said, whatever one you read. You know, because a lot of people get caught up on that, of mm -hmm. what's the right Bible. And I was like, man, that's true. And so when people are like, they put cream in and they're like, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, the right coffee is whatever coffee you drink. Um, and everyone in coffee started working at Starbucks. So if people have bad things to say, they shouldn't. Because we've all started there and we've all came from there. So, yeah. Awesome. So for those of us who may not be coffee connoisseurs, like the two of us are, what makes cold brew coffee so different from regular coffee? Yeah, so the biggest thing, and I deal with this a little bit, but I've had friends who dealt with a lot more, is acid reflux. Mm -hmm. um, so if you have any type of acid struggles, you know what drinking coffee can do for you because it's just acidic. Uh, and most people know that about it. But the cool thing about cold brew is it's always cold. It's never hot. There's never hot water at at least in ours. Some people will add hot in the like a, a little bit of hot water to bloom it. We don't. We mm -hmm. just do cold the whole time, and so the finished product is so smooth. There's no acidity, so people who have problem with that, 
they can drink it. And I've heard from a lot of people like, oh man, you know, this didn't make me feel bad, which makes me feel good because we want to make a drink that people can enjoy. And so if that's what's keeping someone from coffee, man, we got cold brew for you. And the other thing, and this is good or bad, depending on how good your coffee is, uh, you can't hide anything in cold brew. Nope. It's like a magnifying glass because it soaks for 18 to 24 hours, depending on what you're doing, and everything comes out of it. So if you roast a bean that's not a good bean or if it's a bad roast, they're going to taste that. Uh, or if it's, you know, kind of one of the new trends in coffee is this light roast, underdeveloped. Well, when you make that in the cold brew, it tastes like a bag of green beans because it's not roasted long enough. And so, yeah, I think if you have the good coffee, you have this great product because it exemplifies all those really good details that you want um, versus sometimes where it's the LaCroix effect. Yeah. You know, where someone shouts a, a lemon, you're like, yeah, I taste the lemon in this coffee. I don't know if you've ever been to a coffee tasting, but it is a very pretentious event. I have never actually. Well, this is this tastes like leather. Well, what does leather taste yeah, like? Yeah, you know, or like, yeah. My they, shoes? They say things all the time that I'm just like, do you, have you ever tasted those things? Like, what is happening? And for us, again, yeah, we don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we will do everything and do it well. And we have no problem adding sugar to a drink. Um, yeah, it doesn't bother us at all. Mm -mm. So. Awesome. Yeah. Where do y'all source your beans from? Uh, country or place? Or um, country? That we cannot say. Okay. Uh, oh, is that it's the... Africa is okay. the continent. Yeah, yeah. It, it just, again, you know, when I tried those 20 or whatever coffees in a row, and we got to that one, that one, that's the difference. Okay, I've so, tried. so that's the only bean y'all use? Only, yeah. We use oh, one okay. bean from one country in Africa, and that's it. Wow. Um, we may do something different, but it'll be said, like, hey, this is a Guatemala, or hey, this is whatever else, you know, like the Sriracha hopped on, we used the Brazil because mm -hmm. we thought that acidity of a Brazil would match well with the hops and the lemongrass. Mm -hmm. So there are things like that, but our base, we have kind of like two base coffees, which are our 10W, mm -hmm. which is we kind of gimmick off of like oil because it's thick and it's strong and it's bold. And then our dark side of the malt, both of those are going to be that same coffee base. Awesome. So, yeah. Nice. How did you come up with the name Velvet Robot? I get asked that. Two <laughs> questions I get at the market are, do you have a brick and mortar? How did you get a, get your name gotcha. and your logo? Uh, and so I remember, I, I, I think at the time when we first started, we just had it under the Greyfriars um, kind of mantra. And then I remember thinking, like, all right, it's going to be bigger than this. I have to name this. we got to get our own branch. we got to keep get rolling. And I had a 10-hour drive home to Chicago, and I was like, all right, by the time I get there, I'm thinking, I'm you know, name. like, yeah, and I had my playlist ready, and I'm just I'm on the road, you know, just zoning. And I, I remember uh, – being a pastor, you get you do all things. So marketing is actually something that you do a lot as a youth pastor. And editing and logo design and all that stuff kind of came out of that. Teaching yourself in design and everything. Uh, and so I had this idea. It's like, I want to do something with robots. Just because I thought, I love robots. And I think they're cool and I think they're marketable and I think I could design around them. So then it was like, all right, what's the attribute? What's, what's going with robot? Because if I just was like, robot cold groovy, that doesn't really sound good. <laughs> it doesn't really fit what we're looking for. And so... I had one, and to this day, I cannot remember what it is. I loved it. And then something was on the radio, and some song had the title Velvet in it, or it kept saying Velvet. I was like, Velvet Robot. I was like, that's weird. And I said it enough where I was like, I like it now. <laughs> and so then I literally, by the end of the trip, I forgot what the first one was, and I was set on Velvet Robot. And I didn't really ask anybody. 
I just did it. It was like, I, once I turned that corner and I liked it, I was like, this is it. I'm going to design some stuff around and I think people have fun with it. So, mm -hmm. and it's, our tagline was, that was the other part. So it's smooth as velvet, but strong like a robot. Nice. That's kind of like our selling tagline of it as well. So. Mm -hmm. And it's super recognizable. Yeah. In these parts. Yeah. And it's crazy too, because the little logo, the little robot guy, he looks jacked up on caffeine. <laughs> he does. Um, but I didn't even intend for that. I just wanted to make a wonky-looking robot that I thought would maybe someday take over the Earth. Um, and so I, that's what I made. And yeah, somebody's like, man, that guy's had a lot of coffee. And I was like, oh, he has. <laughs> yep. Again, one of those random things where it just works out. So mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's been well. And we get people all the time. We sell shirts. And so people will say, can I buy a shirt? I don't like coffee, but I love your shirt. I'm like, okay. Cool. Yeah, so and we purposely didn't put coffee or anything on it. Question I'll, when I wear the shirt out, I was like, what band is that? Like, well, it's not a band, it's coffee. They're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. It does kind of look like a funny band logo. It does. It, I can bit. see that. Um, yeah. Maybe we'll start a band. Um, <laughs> I played the baritone in sixth grade, so I guess I could play that again. I don't know. Never know. Yeah. Um, so you also alluded earlier to a storefront. Yeah, so we're, we got something in the works right now. Again, the, the biggest question, that's the number one question we probably get. Uh, which has been awesome. And the people's comments at the market have been great. You know, when I opened that pizza on Michigan Avenue, what I told our staff was, it's Chicago downtown. There's a coffee shop literally everywhere you look. And I said, people are going to walk by four Starbucks to get to our pizza. Let's make it worth it for them. And at the market, we're kind of in the back corner. And that's where we were first week. And luckily enough, we're there every week. Uh, and I was kind of worried. I was like, man, you know, there's all these other coffees that are they're going to get to first. And uh, one of the coolest compliments is we get people who only come to the market now for us. They're like, man, we just stop, see you, and leave. Or, you know, like, it's the best, you know, like, the girl this week was like, this is the highlight of my whole Sunday. Aww. Yeah, and those are things for us that's, like, make standing there sweating to death. And, like, <laughs> Especially this time of year. <laughs> having pumpkin sauce on your hands and all worth it. Uh, but, yeah, I just, so we found this love of people and kind of we want to reward that. And, again, we also have this creativity that's, bigger than just a little stand. And so for us, it's like, all right, what do we do with that? Um, and so we're going to be opening a place called the Velvet Robot Coffee Lab. Ooh. Um, and the lab because we're going to do even weirder stuff. Oh, okay. So, yeah, we don't, you know, the questions we're asking ourselves as we're building this and, and mapping it out isn't like, you know, what is this coffee place? We're not looking at other shops in the area and be like, oh, what are they doing well? Let's emulate that. Or let's go to Nashville and see what these places are doing. Um, Stay true to yourself. Yeah, we just we want to be us, and it's going to be a funky place. Um, it's going to have like a JJ's vibe, but almost but without all the cigarettes. Uh, Perfect. <laughs> yeah, and we want to do things like Tinder Tuesdays, where you bring in your Tinder date and you get ten percent off. Because <laughs> um, we think it's weird. That's, and that's amazing. Yeah, and it's weird, and you know, there's not enough shops open late, and we notice that, and we we know that need. Uh, and so Especially wanna, with UTC and the colleges around. Yeah. Kids I, need caffeine at 10 o'clock. And it's blown my mind that in that area, there's really nothing geared towards them. Mm -mm. Um, everything's geared towards businesses or bars, but it's like 18 to 20, that's three age group. You know, 18, 19, 20, those are a lot of kids who want to go study somewhere and want to spend money and want to go have a good experience, and they can't go to a bar, and they can't go anywhere else. And so, uh, yeah, we want to do trivia, which in a coffee shop is weird, right? There's no alcohol, but... We want to do it, and we want to theme it, so it'll be like, this month is Friends Trivia, nice. or, or my favorite, Gilmore Girls, or, you know, things like that, and just kind of, again, no one's doing that, and we want to do that. Uh, we talked about doing some 16-ounce cans and calling them tall bots, and <laughs> so the tall boys. I mean, we just want to do weird things 
we want to create a space that's really, you know, I love Solarium. That's my favorite place in Chattanooga for lunch. Because every time I go there, I leave inspired by the creativity of the space. I love that space it's, so much. It's beautiful. Much. And I don't sit there and think, wow, look at these white walls. You know, it's, they got weird. And I mm-hmm. like it. Uh, and so we want to create something similar where it's, it's an art-focused space that people can come to and feel energized and kind of like look at weird things. And we're going to have a little wall that we're calling the Instagram wall. Ooh. It'll be a surprise, but it's definitely like geared towards this is the wall you take your picture at. Perfect. Um, Perfect for bloggers. Yeah, like, like I, I did a glitter cold brew once. Um, How do you do a glitter cold brew? It's a luster dust, so it's edible. It's what they use for cakes. Oh, okay. And we mixed it in, and uh, I think we call it cosmic cold brew because it looked like a galaxy when it was oh. spinning. Someone said, what does that add? This old guy came up, and he's like, what's that add to the drink? And I was like, it looks pretty. <laughs> you <laughs> it know, looks I mean, really good on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. We like that kind of stuff, and so... Again, we're, we're gearing towards that. We're going to have, like, a little vintage arcade machine in there that has some, like, fun games on it. Um, and we just want to have soft seating, too. That's another thing that we feel like Chattanooga, a lot of coffee shops don't have soft seating. So you go and you sit on those metal chairs that are, like, $20 that everybody has, and they kill your butt. And <laughs> yep. you're there 10 minutes, and you're like, I'm going to go now because you're not comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to be comfortable in every way. You know, let people feel comfortable with their ordering, let people feel comfortable in the space. Um, and so we're going to do some breakfast and lunch in there, too. Um, we'll have some basics. Our whole thing is kind of like we're going to have these basics and then have this craziness. Nice. Um, so we'll have an old school menu that has like trad caps and cortados and espresso macchiatos. And we'll execute that perfectly and those will all be fun. But we're going to do frozen drinks and we're going to do all kinds of stuff. So we don't want to limit ourselves and say, well, we're, we're too serious for a frappuccino. Because I'll tell you this, when pumpkin spice comes out, I will get one. <laughs> I will get a... Here's the dirty laundry. I like a green tea frappuccino from Starbucks still. Those are good. It is. And for whatever reason, that's like the one thing I still want from there. And that's not wrong. And so, yeah, we're going to give options to people and let people have fun and uh, not be too serious. I'm so excited for this. Yeah. You mentioned it to me, I guess, a couple weeks ago when I stopped by at the market. And now you have me just like... Yeah. Yeah. And so we're kind of, you know, we kind of, we know what we're doing. The space is still in question of if it's going to be... We think it's in one spot. Um, but, yeah, we're ready. Uh, we're hoping to be by the end of the year. Awesome. But if not, it'll be shortly in 19 that we'll have it running. And, yeah, it'll be fun, man. And that's what... We just want it to be, you know, Chattanooga space. We don't want it to be like, this is ours, or hold on tight, or have any, you know, notions of what it should be. We want people to come and let it be what they want it to be. Mm-hmm. And listen to them, you know, and let that kind of change what it looks like. So, that's awesome. Yeah, we're... And, so we'll do some different types of things and be open late, which I know is the top request from people when they hear the be open late, please, God. I need somewhere to go after 5 o'clock. Um, yeah, so we want to, you know, be that place for people as well. So Awesome. Yeah. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in college to become a teacher, uh, and that's a dream to work with kids. Uh, but I also remember when I was 14 years old, I went to this coffee shop in my hometown called Divine Cup. Uh, and it was a really weird, kind of cool spot. Like, I saw so many bands. Coheed and Cambria in a room of 40 people. Oh, wow. Like, they had all of, like, big bands come, and it was just, I remember I loved it, and I loved community. And that's the part of coffee shops that I think is the best part of coffee shops. Fill in the beverage, right? But it's, why did friends meet in a coffee shop? Because it was community. Uh, and so I went there, and I, like, loved it and wanted to do it. 
And so I literally bought a book when I was like a freshman or sophomore in high school. It's like Dummy's Guide to Opening Coffee Shop. <laughs> you know, and I had no idea that I'd ever do it. And then I, you know, got in the ministry and did some things. But so it's cool to kind of be 33 and achieving a dream. You know, when sometimes we hit this age and we're kind of done dreaming or done kind of striving for something new. It's like, no, let's dream. Let's do it. And then let's do more. So that's incredible. Yeah, it's fun. And I, I, I feel blessed to be able to do it. So. Well, we are so glad you are doing it in Chattanooga. Yeah. Um, so until the brick-and-mortar store opens, where can we find Velvet Robot Cold Brew Coffee? Yeah, so this is another area we're working hard on as our wholesale counts. Um, so we're at the market. The market goes until the 4th, I believe, November 4th. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be there every Sunday. We've missed one, but we're not missing any more. Uh, both Mean Mugs have our Nitro Cold Brew on draft, okay. which is awesome. It's rocket fuel. It's very strong but delicious. I call it adult chocolate milk. Um, and then we're going to be dis- distributing to some new places. Awesome. So, like, I just brought a case to Heaven and Ale and Uwa of our just regular 10W40 cold brew. Uh, and then we're going to – we have a few different places. We're going to be on draft at for nitro and then bottled in a few places. So, awesome. Uh, yeah, and we're just – you know, kind of my thing is wholesale, and most people know this, you don't make a lot of money off wholesale. But for us, it's like we want to partner with places we love and believe in. So the places that I really like to go, like a Heaven and Ale or places like that, those are places we're going to reach out to and have friendships with. Mean Mug, who, you know, obviously I used to work there, great relationship, great people who own it, um, things like that. Those are people that we're going to link up with and just kind of do it together. So, and that's something we hope to do too with our coffee shop is like, do like have Tyler from Mean Mug, their roaster, come with our roaster and they work on a coffee together. And maybe it's a mixture of their beans. And weird stuff, you know, no competition, just all community and just all everyone having fun. Awesome. So, I love that. Yeah. So look, look for it soon. You can follow us and then kind of keep posted. But yeah, we'll be in some, a lot more places in the next couple of months. Yay. Uh, so where can we follow you on the internet and social media? Yeah. So we have www.velvetrobotcoldbrew.com. That's our website. And then we have social media, which I believe is Velvet Robot Cold Brew. And we're also on Facebook, which I believe is again is Velvet Robot Cold Brew. Uh, we wanted Velvet Robot just regular, but someone else has that. So <laughs> we didn't want to send them a letter that was like, hey, you, we want this website. Uh, but yeah, we're on there and we try to be pretty active. And, you know, people, the cool thing, people will send me questions too, like, hey, saw you at the market, don't really even know what Cold Brew is. Can you explain it to me? And we're more than happy to answer those questions. So if you see us on there and have any questions, feel free to ask them because awesome. we'd love to talk to you about it. Cool. I will throw all of that in the show notes for this episode. Yeah, sweet. Thanks, Justin, for joining me. Yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure catching up. Oh, same. Yes. And I will see you at the market. Oh, yeah. French toast or pumpkin pie or... Cinnamon roll. Cinnamon roll, Nutella. Ooh, Nutella. Yeah, we have Nutella. We have one we call the... If you're a fan of uh, the banana stand, there's always money in the banana stand from Arrested Development. No. Yeah, it's an ongoing joke there. We do it like a chocolate-covered banana cold brew. Ooh, interesting. So we, do, we just keep them coming. Eventually, eventually, we'll run out. It's going to come a moment. We're going to do a filthy chai coming up. Ooh. Not dirty. Filthy. Filthy, because it's cold brew. So, <laughs> yeah, we're just going to have fun with it. So, yeah, come I see us at the, the market. And, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah. This has been another episode of the Nougat Bell Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening.